Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 317. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jesse Iwuji. Jesse, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Definitely am, and thank you so much, Mark, for having me on the show tonight. You're very welcome. Jesse Iwuji, a Naval Academy graduate, is a surface warfare officer with two deployments under his belt. Assigned to the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California, he spends his weekends at racetracks competing with the NASCAR Wheeland All-American Series team. When Jesse's not at the track, you'll find him driving his Corvette on the wonderful roads around Laguna Seca. Jesse recently received approval to drive in the NASCAR K&N Pro Series. So Jesse, first and foremost, thank you for your service to our country. I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, your interests, and of course your passion for driving cars really fast? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've always had a passion for cars and everything. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, you know, I've always loved it, but I never had that type of funding to be able to do it when I was younger. I didn't have the funding to do go-karting or, you know, bandoleros or anything of that nature. But um, at that time, I really liked football, too, and football was a lot cheaper to do than anything, you know, as a lot <laughs> yeah. of people know. So I started playing football when I was young, and I was playing football, you know, all the way through middle school and high school, and then got recruited to uh, um, to the Naval Academy to play um, uh, defensive back. So it was a great opportunity for me to go to a, a, a really good institution that had great education, also, I was going to be able to have a great career right afterwards. And at the same time, too, I was going to be able to play football for a great Division A NCAA college football team. So it was just a, just a great opportunity for me, and I figured it was going to be my best opportunity to really make something of my life. So um, I, you know, I picked the Golden Naval Academy. I went there, played football all while I was there. I still loved you know, cars. I still loved racing. At that time, I still really couldn't do it because I didn't have the means to do it. I didn't have the funding. You know, I also didn't have the time with just football and also running track. And then eventually, once I graduated, you know, I started, um, started my career in the Navy and started getting paid. I figured, hey, you know, I'm young, I'm single, I have the money, I have the time, you know, here and there. I can actually start racing now. So I had bought a Dodge Challenger and uh, I grabbed that and I started drag racing with that. I actually bought it on a Monday and that Friday I took it to the drag strip <laughs> and um, started, yeah, 
I'm really, I'm, I'm really serious about racing. I love it, so I'll, I'll do anything. So anyway, started drag, strip, uh, drag, drag racing with it, and uh, that was great, doing quarter mile and eighth mile stuff. And then, you know, as time went on over the next couple of years or so, I started building it up a little bit more, adding some more power, more performance parts to it. Um, finally, um, went on deployment for about 10 months to the Arabian Gulf uh, with a minesweeper that I was uh, stationed with. And um, was over there in Bahrain for about 10 months and then came back to the States and I had a decent amount of money saved up. And I was able to basically do a whole rebuild on the Challenger and basically double the power on it. Got it up to about 1,000 horsepower, which was ridiculous Whoa. for that kind of car. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty insane. So with that, basically I was able – I had a goal. My goal was to go to the one-mile competition in Mojave that year and go over 200 miles per hour which would have made me the fifth person ever in history to do that in a modern Hemi. So that was a goal I set. That's what I built the car for. And through a lot of different testing and going to other competitions throughout the year, we finally got the car right. We went to the competition, and we blew it out of the water. It went 200.9 miles per hour in the mile, um, made me the fifth person ever to do it in that type of car in a modern Hemi. And um, it brought a lot of attention, a lot of exposure my way which was great. And that's what really kind of launched me on the scene to everything a little bit more serious. So um, with that, at that same time, I started road course racing because I wanted to be able to not just go fast in a straight line, but I wanted to be able to go fast left and go fast right. So um, <laughs> I, I had bought the Corvette. Yeah, I bought the Corvette and I uh, started a road course, you know, just, just different open track days with it, doing time trial events and things of that nature. Yeah. And um, that helped me learn some car control skills. And at that point is when I had ran into a guy, his name was uh, Kyle Wisner, and he was uh, running uh, stock cars for a team out here in Southern California, um, Performance P1 Motorsports. And um, he introduced me to a team owner, Joe Nava, and they gave me a test in one of the F2 cars over there uh, at a Herbertdale Speedway. So I did pretty well for a guy who's never done oval track before. You know, it went well. Um, and they told me, hey, you know, for a 2015 season, if you want to come back and run a car for us, we can do it. I was like, great. So um, in mid-2014, uh, I went on deployment, and I was in the Arabian Gulf with my uh, second ship, uh, USS Comstock. And then when I came back, they told, the stock car team told me, hey, you know, let's, let's not do the S2 car. Let's just jump right into a late model car, which was a huge step up from the S2 car. Yeah. And, you know, full-blown race car, I mean, a lot more power, about 500 horsepower. And then um, they said, hey, you know, this is, this is a better opportunity. We're running a NASCAR win all American series, a lot more attention, and it's just, it's just better for you to progress in your career with this. So I decided, hey, let's do it. I did some tests with that car about four for my first race, which was uh, April 4th at Irwindale Speedway. And uh, that's pretty much what launched me into this whole NASCAR uh, journey. And, and really at that point is when I set the goal. I was like, hey, you know, I like this a lot. And I want my end goal to be the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. So that's where I want to get to. That's where my eyes are set and that's where I will get to, you know, one of these years. Very cool. Absolutely fantastic story. Kudos to you for setting those goals and achieving those goals. Congratulations on setting those speed records and getting where you've gotten so fast. It's absolutely fantastic. All this while you're in the Navy serving our country. It's just absolutely incredible. I love this story. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. I know you love to drive, so Jesse, take the wheel. I listen to a lot of Les Brown and also Eric Thomas. They're two very, very motivational speakers. 
And um, they have actually a, a bunch of different quotes that I just really, really love. But my favorite one, honestly, and this, honestly, it turned my, I think this helped turn my life around. Uh, well, not, and not that I was going in the wrong direction, but it helped me see things in a different way, a different manner. And it helped me block out any type of negative energy that was ever going to come my way or that was ever around me. And um, it was by Les Brown, and he was a he wasn't he was a very living an unfortunate situation. You know, his his his, his mom, um, you know, left him up for adoption and things like that. Parents didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, just kind of grew up in a rough life. And um, when he was at school, he uh, he didn't really uh, the, the teachers felt that he was, I guess, less of a person and less of a student than everybody else. So they basically labeled him as retarded when he really wasn't. But uh, that's just how I saw him, you know, because he was being held back from grade to grade to grade. Basically, one day, uh, one of his teachers had told him, hey, I need you to go to this board and write something real quick for me. And then he had told him, I can't do that. I'm not one of your students. And he was like, no, go do it right now. And then he was like, I can't do it. You know, I'm I'm retarded. You know, he just started to believe this because everyone told him that. And then the teacher looked at him straight in the eye and told him, never say that again, because someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. Mm. <laughs> and when he said that, that just resonated so hard with me. And I was like, that's so true. You know, don't let, everyone's going to have their opinion. Everyone's going to say things. Everyone's going to, you know, have their, their thinking of how things should be or how things should work or the ways of going about things or their opinion of you and everything. But and, uh, and if you let that define you, then you'll never get anywhere in life. So, you know, someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. And if you just understand that and believe that, your life can be a lot different and you can now be in control of your life of having other people control your destiny. You know, that is such an awesome, awesome quote. And it's a wonderful way to live your life. I had a guest on not too long ago, about a month ago. Really fantastic lady, Louise Knowit, and her success quote was very similar, and it was because of a situation that she found herself in where she was being held back because she was a woman in the automotive field, and she told this gentleman, don't judge my abilities by your limitations. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah, very much kind of the same. So, wow, what a great quote. Absolutely fantastic. Would you share a story with me, Jesse, that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to learn about that pivotal moment in your life when you really realized you were a car guy. So there was a, there was kind of two moments. So when I was a kid, I think what really just gave it away that I was a car person, you know, car guy, was uh, I used to, you know, a lot of little kids when they're, you know, five years old, four years old, they watch cartoons and Power Rangers and Barney and you know, Cartoon Network, Disney, all that stuff. For some reason, I was a little kid who was just stuck and in love with uh, Knight Rider, the show. If you remember <laughs> that from uh, back in the day. Yeah, kid. Yeah, kid. Yeah, kid. And I was in love with it. So my parents, I mean, and 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 now I know I was really young because I, I can hardly remember when I watched this show, but my parents told me that I was just stuck on this show. They could watch it all the time. And I was like barely like four years old, maybe five. And they said one time that there was an episode where uh, Kit got destroyed, and they said I was in tears and I was crying. Oh gosh! And all of that, yeah. So that's what I think where I finally kind of figured out. Like, hey, you know, I like cars, and my parents knew that at that point too. Yeah. Um, another point too was, um, I guess where it kind of everything really hit hard, and I really started focusing a little bit more on cars. Was um, about halfway through the academy, 
uh, sophomore year, I started uh, watching a lot of the show uh, Top Gear, which isn't online anymore, but um, I started watching a lot of that. And just one show after another, I was watching every single episode, just learning about cars, learning about the dynamics of cars, you know, what are different kind of sports cars and performance cars are out there, and just really learning, you know, about them uh, through that show. And it taught me a lot. I learned a lot, you know, any kind of terms that I didn't, you know, understand, um, you know, about different parts of cars and everything. I'll do some research on Google. It helped me out. But uh, that's what really, really got me a little bit more crazy about cars. Very cool. Well, Kit, David Hasselbach and uh, Top Gear, those three crazy guys over there across the pond. Fantastic. Yeah, two two great shows, one from the past. And, of course, Top Gear's off the air now, but we'll see what comes up after that. Jesse, what I'd love to do now is get under the hood here and take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? And even more importantly, what did you learn from it? Um, well, I've had a lot of different things that have happened. And, um, you know, from, from wrecks, you know, I've had some pretty bad wrecks. And I think those are... Those were some of my defining moments, I would say, because, you know, a lot of people, they would, they would either stop racing, you know, they would maybe just shy away from it, and they wouldn't keep doing it, they would see it as a negative, and the big thing I've learned is, you know, just because something happens that seems like it's really bad, really, if you just look at it in a positive manner and try to take the positives away from it and learn from it, you can just grow and become a better person, because, the, just like Les Brown, another quote from him, he says, you know, good t- or the bad times have not come to stay. They've come to pass. Mm. So just continue to fight through it and you can, and you can win. You know, he said again that, you know, never quit. If you never quit, there's always the opportunity to win. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> so yeah. Think about that. You know, you just keep pushing, keep pushing, you know, a lot of things are going to happen. You know, I, I've had, I've had some pretty bad wrecks before, you know, and I've gotten through them. Luckily, thank God, you know, I wasn't, wasn't hurt or anything, but you know, just things happen and uh, you just got to keep pushing through. You got to learn from them, learn from mistakes, you know, learn from what happened and just grow and become better person, become a better driver and just better overall because of it. Well, it's great. I had, um, the late Phil Hill's son, Derek Hill, on this show. Phil Hill, of course, American world champion of Formula One racing back in the early 60s. And Derek raced cars as well. And he had a very similar story when we spoke about a really bad wreck that really shook him up. And that first time he had to get back in a car and he just his head wasn't quite there yet, but he kind of pushed through it and got through it and moved forward and learned from it. And so I'm so happy that... Uh, Number one, you weren't hurt in those accidents, but at the same time, you were able to push through those very difficult times because they can really mess with your head, that's for sure. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for a new idea or a new direction that you had. If you could tell us the steps you took to turn your career aha moment into a success. I think I've had a few. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> a few. I would say, um, like, racing-wise, so in oval track racing, you know, it, it's a lot different than any kind of other racing, especially when it comes to, you know, your throttle control, when it comes to when you're going to get on the gas and all that, how the car is set up. I mean, the car is really set up to turn left and turn left very well, and um, it, it's really weird how it, for me at least, because I'm used to road course racing where the car is, like, balanced to go left and right. Now it's 
balance just to go left. I would say kind of my aha moment was a moment when I finally understood why when I was getting on the gas coming out of the corner that the rear end was just drifting over to the right. You know, for the longest time, I was like, is this is something wrong? You know, it took me a while to overcome that because uh, for me, you know, if the, if, the, if the rear end is drifting over to the side, it means, for me, I mean, it, it feels like I'm losing traction when actually what's happening is the car is set up to do that. You know, it's set up so that, you know, you, you're getting on the throttle early. It, it drifts over a little bit to the right, but it's, all it's doing is just straightening itself up so that you can go. It's not even losing traction. It's just getting set. And that, and just being able to trust that and understand that, hey, it's going to stick. The car is going to go straight. After you get on a stall, just hold on to it. Um, it took a while, and the first time I finally just trusted it and did it, that was really an aha moment. And it was it transformed me. It helped transform me into a better driver and helped me go a lot faster than what I had been going prior to that. Does it kind of feel like an oversteer issue, like if you're on a road course car? Is that how it feels when the back end steps out like that? Yeah, it it does. But it's not a it's not it's a weird feeling, really, really weird feeling. It's hard to understand. And uh, any road courser that comes right to overall track, it, it takes a while for them to really trust it and understand it because you, you, you're used to getting on a throttle when a car sticks and just go. You know, you're not used to when you're getting on a throttle, just drip, the rear end just moves over to the right really quickly um, like, it's gonna, like you're going to lose it or something. Um, it, it's very, very different. And uh, once I finally understood it, it helped me so much because my first, my first race weekend, I, I completely still understand it. And I think my fastest lap time of the night uh, was like 19.6 or something like that. And then in between that time and the second race weekend, when I finally started understanding a little bit, I was able to drop my lap time down. I, and actually during qualifying on my second race weekend ever, um, I went 18.96. Oh, wow. So I had dropped down, yeah, six-tenths of a second, which is huge. Yeah. Um, huge, huge drop, especially in oval track, because um, even just a tenth of a second, I mean, that will separate you a lot from, you know, people. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I've never raced in a car like that. I've done vintage road course racing and street car road course racing, you know, where you do, like you said, lapping days with the BMW Club or Porsche Club. And and those old Porsches, when the back end starts to come around, it's kind of the opposite of front engine cars where you actually need to stand on the gas because it'll plant the back of the car and straighten it out. So that's why I asked if it's kind of an oversteer issue if that's kind of what it feels like, because I was trying to understand what you were going through. So uh, very interesting, very, very interesting. How about proudest career moments? Is there a time that you can share with us, and it could include racing, of course, your racing career or your naval career, where you really had a proud moment that really stands out for you? Actually, it was just like just just about pretty much what I just talked about with the uh, with me going eighteen nine six on my qualifying for my second race weekend. Uh, that was probably my proudest racing moment, at least this year, or at least in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge, huge moment for me because it, it's a, it's a, it's very hard to go that fast for somebody who's just beginning in an uh, oval track, and um, for me to knock that out in my second race weekend, uh, especially when this is my first year oval track racing. I mean, prior to that, you know, prior to that day, I still don't even, I still didn't even have up to ten days on the oval track. Wow. So, um, yeah, to be able to do that on my second race weekend and then go into that race and actually, you know, I, I qualified 12 and was battling back back and forth for 11 for a little while until we had some contact and ended our race. But still, though, just to, just to qualify like that, it is really, it gave me a lot of confidence and 
and let me know like, hey, I can I can actually do this well. Yeah. You know, I have I still have a lot of improvements to make. I still have a lot of experience I need to gain, but it shows me like the ability, the talent is there. I just need to harness it and be able to do it consistently week in, week out. Very cool. Love it. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory you have with that car. I would say my first car, which is my Mustang, but then really it wasn't that fast. It was a V6, so it wasn't really that special. But honestly, um, <laughs> my uh, my Challenger, my Challenger, that was probably one of the most special vehicles I've ever owned because um, it, I went through a lot with that. I mean, I had the car for about five years, and um, it, it, just the transformation going from buying a bone stock, you know, Dodge Challenger SRT8, to eventually building it up to a thousand horsepower, force induction, built motor, built transmission, built everything car, full blown race car that was able to help me gain a lot of um, exposure and I really kind of put my story out there and everything. Um, it was a really special vehicle. I mean, I was able to get into Hot Rod Magazine twice in 2013 wow. on the cover of uh, cover of Mopar Max Magazine once that year. Um, you know, I, I went you know 200 miles per hour in a mile. I at that that year I had broke the half mile record for all of modern Hemi's and had the for a year had the fastest half mile uh, speed ever ever for any modern Hemi. So it was just it was great. A lot of great things happened. Helped me out a lot. And it's what really led me led me to where I'm at right now. Um, if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be in racing. Wow. Um, it was it, it launched me into you know into the level I'm at right now. I'm glad you know I had the car. I'm glad I was able to do the things I did with it. Very cool. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? <laughs> the Challenger. I yeah. just recently let it go. You know, um, let it go because you know now with you know my new journey with the NASCAR journey and everything, um, it's expensive. It's pricey, and I didn't want you know a car hanging over me that was costing me a lot of money, yeah. especially since I wasn't really drag racing anymore. So I just had to let it go just to free up some money and just help out financially just so I wasn't you know I don't go broke or anything <laughs> so yeah so that's a car we all have those cars in our lives that we've got to let go for some reason uh you know yeah. whether it's to fund the next one or, or help our kids through college or whatever so that's cool that's cool that sounds like a fantastic car how about current project what are you working on right now that really has you excited and fired up outside of like the NASCAR stuff uh my Corvette kind of slowly building it, doing little things here and there. I'm not trying to do too much to it because I actually do daily drive it. Um, I have about 115,000 miles on it, wow. which is unheard of for a Corvette Z06. But uh, the car's still running hard, doing well. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of doing little minor things to it here and there. It's a great-looking car. I have a great uh, C6R-inspired uh, wrap on it. So because um, the car was, uh, the Corvette was yellow, I basically did the you know the black stripes on the back that uh, the C6 car had, and um, it looks great. The car runs hard. It's quick at the track, and uh, yeah, you know that's my little lead project right now. Very cool. Now here's a very introspective question for you. It says a lot about how you perceive yourself. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be, and why? Yeah, <laughs> if I was a car, honestly, you know, at, at, with the, with a few different ones I've driven so far, I'd be a Corvette. Honestly, I think that fits me fast, but still muscle. Like there's still that V8 in it. There's still that power in it. Um, there's still that rawness to it, and that can be tamed. And it's not like it's untamable. It can be tamed, but when it is tamed, it's just it's it's elegant. 
You know, so I think that, that, that would be me right there. <laughs> Very cool. I love it. So, Jesse, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Jesse, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You know what this means. You're a racer. The white flag is out. It's time to put our foot into it. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yes, sir. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast. And you can use that concept in just about anything in racing when it comes to steering input, when it comes to throttle control. Slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast. And you'll get around the track really quickly if you can understand that concept and apply it. Yes, could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I'm pretty spiritual, so um, I do pray before every race. I pray before every time I get on the track, whether it's just practice or, you know, just any fun open track days or anything, I'm always pray. So I pray the night before and I pray right before I get on. And uh, that, that, for me, that's my little um, habit that I always take with me, I always do. Um, it helps me a lot. I feel like it helped me do a lot of great things and, you know, progress in my life, you know, whether it was racing or just any other sport in general, track, football, anything. It's helped me a lot. Very nice. Very nice. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would enjoy? For me, social media. (laughs) Social media is huge nowadays. And if you really want to get your name out there, you want to get your name out there, have people see what you're doing and just get your story out there. It's huge. If you really understand how to use it, who to target and uh, you know, where your listeners are going to be, where your fans are going to be, you can really, you know, gather a good following and spread your story. You never know who's going to be listening, who's going to be able to help you out. Or they might have a friend who knows a friend who knows another friend who may be connected and help you get that sponsorship you need or get that type of support, mentorship, you know, anything to help you progress in your career. And social media is huge because everyone is on it. Everyone sees what's going on. It's very visual. People can capture it. They can feel it. They see what you're going through. And uh, you can really relate to a lot of people and connect to many people because networking is huge. Yeah, it really is. That's how I find out, found out about you was online reading stories. My wife found a story about you and shared it with me. She said, hey, you got to get this guy on Cars Yeah. And here we are. Cars Yeah is a free social media site where people can come and listen to inspirational stories about people like you who are figuring out a way to wrap your passion for cars into your vocation. So uh, it's really great resource. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? It's uh, Customers for Life by Carl Swill. 
Ah, yes. That that book, I read that book years ago. It is absolutely fantastic. Carl was a very, very well-known automotive uh, dealer. He sold cars, and he wrote this book on, on the importance of taking care of your customers, and that book became a Bible for car dealers all across the country and probably around the world, and it transpires into other businesses as well about how you should treat your customers and the importance of that. And of course, as things have come around with social media, we just talked about is if you don't take care of your customers, they're going to let the world know about it. <laughs> so Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, really important book. It's a fantastic book. Great reference. And I'll remind our listeners, we have a great section here at Cars Yeah on titled Guest Recommended Books. You can just click on that and you'll see all the guests we've had here and all the great books, including this one that Jesse shared with us today. And you can find all these links at com slash Jesse. Iwuji. And Jesse's last name is spelled I-W-U-J-I. All right, Jesse, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and I'm talking about a collector car, but I'll include race car if you'd like, and money is no mm-hmm. object, what would that one vehicle be and why? Honestly, the car that I would pick would be a... The original Ford GT, the one that um, won in Le Mans against uh, Ferrari. The GT40. Yes, yes, yes. The GT40. That, that is it. <laughs> with the rib- with- what is it about the GT40 that you love so much? It's just raw American power, and um, just it, it was just it, it was the, it was the American way. It was it was Ford coming in and just saying, you know what. I'm going to build a car and we're going to go out there and we're just going to dominate all competition, you know, where America hasn't been doing. And we're just going to do it. We're just going to make it happen. We're going to build a car. It's going to be fast. It's going to be sleek. It's going to be raw. It's going to be, a, it's going to have a V8. It's just going to be just American. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's no other way of, you know, really saying it was just American. And they went out and did that um, many years in a row. Yeah. Um, so that was just, that was, it was just great. The car looks awesome. The car never gets old. Um, you know, it, it, no matter, you know, some cars, you know, some vintage cars, cars like that, you know, you, you, you see them, maybe, I don't know, 50 years from now, and it looks like, you know, old cars. But uh, that, it just doesn't, it never looks old. You know, whether it's 2020 or 2050, it's still going to look like a car that you could drive any day, and people are going to be like, wow, that car is gorgeous. Yeah, the GT40, what's an, what an iconic car to choose. I and yeah, I'm really surprised. I haven't had, I don't think, one guest out of 300 plus guests here that have picked that car. You're the first. And it is just a fantastic, beautiful car. And the fact that in 07, Ford basically replicated it with the Ford GT, made a car that looked almost exactly like that original old car, is really a testament to what you just said. That classic looks being new again as current as 2007. Great choice, my friend. Now, what color would you want yours in? You want the red one? The red ones look good. I like that color. And honestly, I don't really have any specific color choice. All of them look good. I've seen black ones with white stripes. I've seen red ones with uh, white stripes. I've seen blue ones with white stripes. I've seen white ones with blue stripes. The red the red ones are, are, are definitely on top of my list. Also, to the uh, black ones with white stripes are on top of my list. But, yeah, those, those are the ones I like the most right there. I do like the uh, the baby blue one with the orange, you know. Golf like colors. Too. Yeah, the golf colors. Yeah, yeah, those, that's pretty cool, too. Um, but, you know, I definitely like the you know black ones and uh, the red ones. Those are pretty cool. Great choice, my friend. I love it. 
Well, Jesse, you've taken me on a great ride today. I really have enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey uh, with our listeners today. It's been so much fun. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ford GT40? <laughs> Why, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the thing I always say is, you know, hey, if you have any dreams out there, don't be afraid to chase them. Um, people are going to tell you why you can't do it. They're going to tell you, you know, that it's not possible because of this and because of this and because they didn't do it. But uh, don't listen to it. You know, if you have dreams, if you have aspirations, go after them and chase them and you can accomplish them. As long as you fully believe that you can make it happen, if you can envision yourself doing it, you visualize yourself doing it and you in an almost insane type of way, believe that you can make it happen, you will make it happen. As long as you take steps towards it and continue to press forward, um, you definitely can. And uh, that's what I'm doing right now, you know, because honestly, you know, there's every reason in the world why I shouldn't be a stock car racer, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm making it happen, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to get to the level I want, I'm, I'm, I'm aspiring for, and that's just the end of the story. Um, right. You know, no matter what anyone says, you know, no matter what the challenges are, that's it, you know, and just a lot of great people supporting, you know, Naval Academy alumni, you know, a lot of them are supporting me, a lot of friends, family, my family from, you know, Dallas, Texas, they're supporting me. And also, too, my current, you know, partner that I'm partnering up with, um, teaming up with, which is the uh, Phoenix Patriot Foundation. Um, they're a nonprofit organization out of uh, Temecula, California, and they, uh, they support post-9-11 wounded veterans. And, you know, their whole mission is to really support those group of people. Um, by helping them out in different ways, I'm just really, really, you know, happy and blessed to be able to partner up with them for this racing season and really do what we're doing. Because uh, what we're doing is that we're actually dedicating each race weekend to a uh, new wounded veteran or just some type of honorary veteran, get their name on the car, get them to the race, put them up, you know, in a nice, uh, you know, suite where they can watch the race from and announce them at the race, recognize them and everything, and just really give back to people making the ultimate sacrifice out there so that we can actually be here in America and race with freedom. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. I love it. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Yeah, um, the easiest way is to just, if they're on uh, Facebook, just head to my Facebook uh, racing page. Uh, so just go find uh, Jesse Iwuji Racing. And the uh, name is spelled J-E-S-S-E. Last name, I-W-U-J-I, and then racing. And uh, just look it up on Facebook. You should find it. Uh, like the page, follow it. And I'm always keeping it updated, you know, multiple times a day. And then you can really kind of follow this journey and just watch me progress from one level to another. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Jesse has shared with us today on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just put Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up. Go to his Facebook page, like him, follow him. Watch what he's doing. This is an amazing uh, young man here that is uh, uh, making dreams happen. Jesse, thank you again for your service to our country. It means a lot to me and to our listeners. And I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with us. I greatly appreciate what you're doing. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight, Mark. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been great. And you know, for everybody out there listening, um, you know, just chase your dreams. Whatever it is, believe in yourself. Know that you can do it. Believe you can do it, and you will do it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!